Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. My name is Joe Miller, and I am one of the hosts of this here show, the Hump Day Hotline, and sitting right next to me on, I guess is what my, I don't know what it is, this over here, my left, is that right? Yep, it's your left. <laughs> my left. You uh, did it right. Is my co-host and very good friend, best friend, I would uh, say, uh, Jay Spencer King. Jay Spence. What's oh, up, man? man? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's actually hot in Buffalo. Like it's it's not crazy hot though. Like we haven't had a day yet really outside of a day early in the in the spring kind of summer where it was over 85, but like it's it's under 85, but you guys have been getting close Yeah. To. We've been getting hammered. I don't even know how I, I know it's over 100. I don't know. I, I heard <laughs> a record like over one... 115, a record 17 days over 115. Yeah, it's been like that like just consecutively and I, I feel like the hot i think it got up to 118 i don't yeah. know what it's at today alexa what's the temperature right now, it's, 115 it's 115 right and, now and my, and my man's wearing a hoodie <laughs> <laughs> can't it, it is what it is man I, I, it's who i am a hoodie and fitted Oh, they hitting snapback. That's hysterical. Well, uh, <laughs> welcome into the program, everybody. It is so good to have you. This is uh, what? Episode kind of two of the official 2023 NFL Buffalo Bills football season. We got a whole, uh, several people climbing into the chat. We appreciate you guys. It's good to see all of you. We're going to talk some Buffalo Bills. We're going to talk around the league. We're going to talk a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Tracy Fichter says it feels like 109 in South Florida. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, Tracy uh, was showing video of like, I think it was, she was getting some flooding down there. And it was like, like rolling into her house or something like that, like last week. So yeah, the weather is uh, just all kinds of crazy. Yeah, but it's See, a dry heat. <laughs> but that, but that's the thing about Florida. And I, and I like Florida. Uh, Florida's beautiful. I love the beaches. You know, it's, it's like, you got to love the beaches, right? But yeah. then it's like the, hum the humidity is just, it's, it's insane. Tells you, it's a ton of bricks. Like it, it, yeah, it's like it's so. And then the hurricanes, you get the hurricane. Like last year, uh, we were down there for the, the Dolphins game. Yeah. And one part of, you know, like on one half of the state was okay. And the other half was like trying to figure out. I don't know. It was it was too much. It's too much. Just, it's just too much. Well, the weather in Buffalo has been beautiful. Uh, it's going to be beautiful for like the next 10 days, like the outlook. I'm at a lake, as you can see behind me, just like I was last week. And uh, it has rained for about five minutes in the last week and a half. And it doesn't look like there's any rain coming really anytime soon, which is good for us. Bad for northern Canada, uh, which we can talk about that if you want to talk about. You, you said, hey, we don't always have to talk football. Do we want to talk about Canada for a minute? Like, I, I've got a tweet. Canada? I got a, I got a tweet crafted. Okay, you ready? That I have not hit send on yet. Um <laughs> Four billionaires go down in the ocean in a man-made sub to see the Titanic. And for four days, there is urgency. Coast Guard, other national governments, everybody looking for these four billionaires in a man-made sub that went down to see the Titanic that they lost communication with. Meanwhile, the, the U.S. Navy knew three hours after they descended that the sub imploded and they were dead. Me, but, mm -hmm. but we still had urgency. Like, there's crazy stuff going on trying to find these guys. But they knew they were dead. We have urgency over emissions like and like like fossil fuels we've got urgency over removing gas stoves urgency over removing gas furnaces urgency over deforestation urgency over cow farts like people want cows <laughs> reduced because they fart so much meanwhile 24 million acres of forest have burned in canada and there's no urgency and there's no end in sight literally there's people out there saying it's going to end when winter comes 
And I'm just like, I'm confused <laughs> because it's coming down here. Like we're, every time that's, it came down this week and every time the smoke comes down, it's down here for a day or two. Like my lungs, I feel like my lungs and I feel like garbage for like two days straight afterwards. Last time I got a cold, like I ended up with like a respiratory infection afterwards. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. We get that every year out here from, from California. They get a mm-hmm. ton of fires and we end up with that. And um, I had a bad case of bronchitis for a second there and, uh, it, it was bad. So, I mean, no, it's the same thing. You get the, the bad air quality and yep, that's it. Yeah, that's but, it. But, but, 20, I, but I, 20, go ahead. Well, no, I'm sorry. I just have to, cause I have, I have no idea who, where, why there's urgency about cow farts. I just didn't know. Methane gas. They, 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 so the, 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 the argument is that, that Americans and humans across the globe eat so much beef that we need mm-hmm. to have so many cows that they fart so much that the methane gas is bad for the environment. But burning 24 million acres mm-hmm. of forest, that's all right. <laughs> just, I'm just, I'm just confused, dude. Like, I'm just like, so you've got one too. You want to talk about a topic. So it, let's, let's roll with yours next before we talk. No, you, you know what? It's just, it's so funny to me. I've been like glued to like all of these topics that are trending lately on Twitter. But the one that I just like couldn't put my, like, I just couldn't take my eyes off uh, this Carly Russell situation where yeah, um, yep. if if so for those who aren't familiar with it this young lady uh, apparently after work she stopped to get some snacks and then she's on the highway and she's driving and she notices a toddler a young boy toddler in a diaper running on the highway at night and she gets out to help this toddler after calling 911 and she called her family and then boom she vanishes she disappears gone. the baby's gone, gone. she's gone the her, car her phone is there her phone's her there. Phone is there i think yep. the car her was apple on watch. right the car was the car on was on yep. her apple watch was still there so like all of the stuff that could kind of track her was was in her car and she was gone then 48 hours later she just walks down the street ends up at home ends <laughs> up back. at home back and <laughs> So you you have to, you have to wonder like when when stuff like that happens like they're thinking in their head I think I just want to vanish right There's a country song where uh, if I'm not mistaken um, the Margaritaville guy Jimmy Buffett says uh, bought a boat and I sailed off in it wrote a note said I'll be back in a minute I'm gonna sail off and like I don't think anybody's gonna miss I'm, I'm gonna sail away and nobody's gonna miss me anyway right so it's something and I butchered the lyric but something like that and I've thought about that before it's like you know what maybe I will buy a boat and just sail away and like. Who's going to miss me anyway? So I wonder if people do that. They're like, they, they, they steam this thing. And then they get two days into it. And they're like, oh, shit. Well, <laughs> I had, well wouldn't you test it first? Wouldn't, wouldn't you find some way to test it and be gone for well, two no. days? <laughs> but the idiot, I mean, like how many, like it's 2023. So it's like, literally, do we not understand that everything is tracked? So then they, they released like her search records for days prior and it was right. stuff like gone missing. <laughs> and like, what happens when you go, <laughs> it's like, you like, how smart are we? You know, we're and, and we're not, like, come on. And then, and then it comes out. And th- so some of the stuff, I don't know exactly what's true or not. So I'm just laughing at this point. I'm not reporting anything, but apparently like she was like trying to go away with her 17 year old boyfriend. And I don't know how old she was, but All apparently right. I feel like she's older than, than 17. Right, than 17. <laughs> um, so I think that's why it was a, was a thing. So I don't know. It, it was just, it's the, it's the most, I don't know. It's, it's the most wild story that I've heard this year. And for it to be a complete lie like she shows up at home and now all of a sudden she doesn't want to talk because she's physically and emotionally um exhausted and out of like i 
I don't, third down. You're, third down. Third, <laughs> you can see Kenny on the train. <laughs> Let's go defense. Let's go, Bills. You talk Let's about how, how smart are we? You're talking about people that's, that dump paint, like poor paint, all over a yacht of the heiress of Walmart. Did you see this? The heiress of Walmart. Uh, and, like, hold up a sign about all this waste and, like, all this damage she's doing to the earth with her yacht. Meanwhile, the chemicals that they're going to use to clean the paint off, that's going to end up in the ocean, right? And the paint. The paint's going to end up in the ocean. You you asked the question, how, how smart are we? How smart? We're not. We're just not. I mean, there's a, there's 24 million acres of forest b- burning in Canada instead of all of the governments around the globe going, what can we do to help? They're like, they're getting their marshmallows out. Hey, we got a free bonfire till Christmas. Let's go. <laughs> we just, we just, we just amaze me every, every year, like more and more, you know, it's like, it's, it's new stuff that I feel like you couldn't even script in movies. We just do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> like okay, that's a great place to start. Throw that up there. Yeah, that's a great place. So let's let's talk some bills. This is this is good. Yeah, let's talk some bills. So Peyton in the comments. First of all, Peyton's a, a loyal, all time. Every time we're live, Peyton's in here. Go Bills! Haven't you guys heard? We are the third best team in the AFC East. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's been wild to read the tweets, to see the pictures, the screenshots of TV programs, to see the responses. Um, clearly, Dolphins and Jets fans are all up in their feelings. Uh, there's one dude that's a jet that's a that's a Dolphins fan that has to be to his burner account because the stuff that he posts <laughs> is just like I have bookmarked more of his stuff than anybody else I've ever bookmarked bookmarked since being a, since we've been able to bookmark stuff. Uh, to come back to it but like and it's pretty even it seems like mostly the jets are getting picked to win the east then the dolphins are second the bills are kind of rounding it out in third and then obviously nobody's giving the patriots any hope at all and we can sit here for a minute and have a conversation around the dolphins and the jets and the bills but are you i don't find myself surprised by the national media picking the dolphins and the jets over the bills do you find yourself surprised no, no. I mean, we had our we had our moment in their eyes. You know what I mean? So, like, regardless if the team got better, stayed the same, or even just slightly worse, because they to me they were really good. So even if they were slightly worse, they're right. still a really good team. Right. But you know, um, Buffalo isn't a big market, and this isn't me complaining. This isn't me uh, saying the national media doesn't respect us. None of that. But but the thing is, we had our season where we were um, the Cinderella, or you know, the darling team of the league where josh was he was the new face and we loved everything about him from every city and he was the best-selling jersey and all of that stuff we had our time now it goes back to are the bills for real are the bills really for is can josh allen get over the hump i tell you what i think i like it better here anyway i, I enjoyed last season don't get me wrong i i enjoyed being you know like especially as a as a content creator like the cause that I got to be on other people's platforms, like, hey, come on and talk bills. Okay. You know, like just mm. opportunities that you wouldn't think you would get. So, no, I loved it. But no, th- let's, let's, let's get back here. Let's get back here to feeling slighted. Third down. Let's go. Let's go. It's third let's down. Go. We're third let's place go. in the AFC. It's third down. The Bills got to like mount up, right? Circle them wagons. Um, I can't believe you. Yeah. So I, I have this new microphone and, and Spence was like, man, that thing's quiet. It's like deadening everything. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, trains are coming. Through I can hear that. I can hear loud, that loud and clear. Um, 
I, I, it doesn't surprise me that the media is picking the Bills to be third. And you can flip-flop whoever you want to flip-flop at first between the Jets and the Dolphins. I listened to Nick Wright's, Nick Wright's take. Um, I, I think he's on ESPN, whatever sport, uh, FS1, whatever channel FS1. he's on. Yeah, I'm not even sure. Um, and I don't know that I necessarily disagreed with what he said. I mean, his his his, you know, the Bills – the peak would be, he said, reach the Super Bowl, which I think he's putting it in there like win, lose, like, you know, right? Like that, they have the ability to get there for sure. Who knows if they're going to be able to pull it off? They've kind of shown a little bit recently that they've had a hard time in that big game at the end of the season, the last couple of years, especially this past year, which we talked about last week a little bit. Um, but I, I don't know that, I don't know that the comments that they're saying about the Bills are necessarily wrong. I was talking with somebody this week just about the fact that like at some point in time you've got to get to the point and it's almost like Andy Reid's old Eagles team didn't do this Andy Reid's old Eagles team teams like always went to the NFC championship always went to the NFC championship and lost over and over and over again for like consecutive years and there was a point where it was like we got to do something different right and then they went and they got T.O. and they go to the Super Bowl T.O. had a broken leg and they went to the Super Bowl um and I feel like the Bills are kind of in that spot right now and I almost wonder, and I don't want to say it's reactionary, but that that almost points to me or makes me wonder or ponder the Leslie Frazier part, right? Are we at a point where because Josh Allen putting thirty five points points up a game is not the problem? The, no. Stephon Diggs catching you know one hundred and forty passes for fifteen hundred yards a season is not the problem. Josh Allen running for seven hundred yards a season is not the problem. That's not the problem. The problem is the defense in big games, and I just gotta wonder if there's a mirror moment, right? Sean's looking at himself in the mirror going, something's got to be different. Otherwise, this is going to be our fate. You can't just keep slamming your head against the wall, doing the same exact thing and expect different results. we got to do something different. And I just got to wonder if that's where kind of we're at with this defense. Now, I don't like Tremaine being gone. I don't like the hole. And we're going to talk about the roster here in a second. Camp battles and whatnot for a couple minutes. I don't like that hole in the middle of the defense, which, you know, Floyd, we got we brought a piece in to kind of help. Is that where we're at? Are we are we at a point where like the Bills are like we're gonna have to do something different? Like we can't keep doing this. I mean, yeah, but I feel like I mean, and I, I hear and I agree with you, but I also I do give the offense some of the blame too. Um, like yeah, defense in big games. Obviously, we end up losing the last game of the year, so it's not like the defense like the defense always ends up giving up more points. So yeah, I get it. But I mean, you look at this last game that we played, man, 27 to 10, Josh Allen, 25 of 42 for Agreed. 246 and one interception. It was a mess. No touchdowns. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He had, he had one for one rushing, but no passing touchdown. It was horrible. Nobody um, in that, nobody in that game was prepared, ready to play. Football. Yeah. Nobody. And like Dawson Knox was our leading receiver with 65 yards. I don't even want to, I don't even want to know what Stefan Diggs stats was that game. So Chris so, Jenkins about to tell you, <laughs> you know, so I, I'm, I'm saying all that to say is like, is is both sides and something has to give. And I think one of the things that I'm looking forward to is what you're talking about on the defensive side is that now coach McDermott doesn't have a scapegoat. I've, I've been trying to defend Leslie Frazier almost every year is like, you know, no, he's a great, he's a, you know, he's a great coordinator. I get it. We lose the last game. So everybody wants him fired, but we have a great defense and I'd rather be consistent. So I, I always try to defend him. Now look, he's not here to defend. Now is Sean McDermott. When 13 seconds happens, it's no longer going to be about Leslie Frazier. Now it's about Sean McDermott. Mm-hmm. So so the question that I have is, 
what are we doing on defense? What's what is really happening on right. defense? I don't know that I have that answer. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We can talk about it here. Yeah, we can talk about it here in a second. Speaking of changes, uh, to you know, on top of Leslie Frazier, uh, the Buffalo Bills made a move today. Today being Wednesday, July nineteenth, the Buffalo Bills and it says the Buffalo Bills and Ron Rakuya have decided to part ways. Um, For those of you that are listening that don't know who Ron Rakuya is, Ron Rakuya was named the vice president of operations uh, over the Buffalo Bills and the organization. When Kim Pagula, who was the, I think, president of the Buffalo Bills, had her stroke last year. Um, And I'm going to read this from the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills have announced the following changes on the business side of the organization. The Bills and Ron Rakuya, who worked as the team's executive vice president and chief operating officer, have parted ways. We would like to thank Ron for his many years, hard work and dedication with the Bills and PSE, Pagula Sports and Entertainment. Terry Pagula said, we wish he and his family the best of luck in future endeavors. Talks about who's going to be moving forward. The owner and CEO, Terry Pagula, will now take over as the role of president of the bills and work closely with new management, uh, with the new management consist, uh, consisting of yada, 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 some folks. Um, and the last one is this one. After taking time over the past several months to evaluate the business side of our operation, we wanted to revamp and improve our structure, said Terry Pagula. We have a tremendous amount of confidence in this management committee and we have struck and the structure and the structure that we've put in place. I have high level of trust, strong working relationships with John, Catherine and Josh, yada, yada, yada. Um, over the last couple months. What's interesting about this story to me, as much as there's people on Twitter going, oh, nothing to see here. Well, first of all, Peyton, who's in the chat, messaged me immediately and says, agreed to part ways means he was fired. Yeah. Yes, he was fired. The last couple months, he's only had the job a couple of months. Um, He also is the guy that has largely been in charge of kind of the stadium push. Uh, We are not necessarily able to confirm deny report facts on what is actually going on there the only thing that i can say as it pertains to the buffalo bills the organization is you and i have heard many times john fina jerry ostrowski talk candidly about specifically when john butler left marv left and tom donahoe came in and greg williams came in and that was the moment Literally the moment where the culture in Buffalo completely changed and not for the good, completely sideways, which led to a 17 year drought. And that is the moment as well. If everybody remembers that 
Ralph Wilson kind of took his hands off. He's like, I'm just going to give it to Terry Don- or uh, to Tom Donahoe. I'm let Tom Donahoe run the team. Greg is going to you know do his thing. Blah 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 blah. Culture in the can. Terry Pagula buys the Bills. What's the first thing they do? They try to change the culture. They work to change the culture. And Terry, Kim, Sean, Brandon Bean have done that. Now, I've heard it reported many times from many sources and many players and people that the football cult- culture at Buffalo right now with Sean and Brandon Bean is rock solid. And I know there's been some hitches in the giddy up. There's always going to be the Stefan Diggs thing and stuff like that. I've, I've, I've heard it reported that it's rock solid because I had concerns when Ron Rakui was named the president or the vice president of operations and the, and the COO. I was told even back then that he's not going to be over football, that the football thing is a tank and you can't break in. So the football side of the Buffalo bills, like the team culture and the team structure is what it is. Like he has no vision, no view into that. However, I also heard at the same time when he took over that the culture outside of just the football players and the coaching staff and stuff wasn't great. There's been some jettisons. There's been some people that have left the organization and I think all this does is con- confirm we've taken a look over the last couple months, right, at how things have been going, and we feel like we needed to make a change. So for me, I think this is better. I think this is a good move for the Bills, and I'm glad that it happened before I'm going to say maybe any real damage was done because culture, you know me, bro. Like, I'm all about the culture. I'm all about leadership. I'm all about, like, that relationship and understanding what, you know, how we get along and how you know, we communicate and receive information and deliver information and love each other and work together. You know, that, that whole, I'm just trying to be the best person, the best version of myself type stuff. Right. And if you mm-hmm. have somebody inside the organization that isn't about that, that isn't about that mantra, it derails the whole thing. And eventually it will seep in and work its way into the team. Um, so it's an interesting thing to me that that happened, especially with the stadium stuff coming. Right wildly interesting so i don't know if you've got i know i think you said that you hadn't really been too much into it but i don't know if you've got thoughts about what i just said but well no so um while you were talking chris jenke said that uh, tim graham put out some tweets about the topic today so while you were talking i went to look to see yeah um and it it goes into a, a couple of different topics about this so you know i think it's, it's one of those things where I personally, I don't know too much about it, so I'm not going to give too much of an opinion. I will say, though, um, these things are more important to, to football than what we think. So um, as fans, if you know, I, I, I normally give Bills Mafia credit for being one of the smartest fan bases when it comes to knowing about their team and knowing about this is something that you want to read up on. Like this isn't something to ignore as like a, a you know, a small front office change. This mm-hmm. is a big this is a big it's deal. A big deal. It's so, a big deal. So, you know, read the article. If if Tim has one, read that. If Sal has one, read that. I'm sure we'll have one at buffalorumblings.com. Go ahead and head over and check it out. So but, what did Tim uh, say? Yeah. What did he What did he say? Well, um, he's first there. One of the things that he's talking about is um, the ownership of AdPro. Apparently that. Um, so Ron, Ron Rakuya owned AdPro. So right. that, that's how he got, that's how he stepped his, and I can talk to you a little bit about the history offline of, of AdPro and how that whole thing happened and went down. But yeah, so he, so for those that don't know, AdPro is the sponsor for the Buffalo Bills practice facility, the AdPro training center, right? The, mm-hmm. the AdPro practice facility. And that's how Ron got his foot in the door with the Buffalo Bills. And well, he's selling it uh, to the apparel manufacturing company Legends. And apparently that's the firm that handles the Bills, new stadium sales, PSLs, partnerships and concessions. So 
Um, that's something that I want to read on before I talk about. So, <laughs> I, right. you know, that's that's a that's a topic. So, a little conflict of interest, possible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> possibly. There, you're a smart man when it comes to finances and money. And yeah, that's <laughs> why I'm like, that's why I, you see, you know, normally I jump right on, and I'm like, oh no, I I want to read this one. So yeah, I'll, I'll read this. We'll talk about this one next week because that this is a big deal. It really is. It's a big deal. This is the guy that was chosen to replace Kim Pagula um right mm-hmm. when when she went went down and i think there was a moment where uh he was kind of put in place permanently i think they made an announcement that he was going to be the guy kind of going forward uh which we all had a very brief moment of sadness knowing that kim wasn't possibly going to be returning to the buffalo bills um i think this is a good thing for terry to step in i think it's a temporary thing i think it's a matter of time before he finds his guy or girl uh to potentially take over the football operations right become the president chief operating officer yada yada all that stuff i hope beyond hope that maybe they keep it in the family because for me keeping it in the family means that that team as much as we've got a rock solid stadium deal if they keep that all that stuff continually in the family or close to the family it just cements more in my opinion uh the pagula legacy in buffalo with this football team right versus bringing somebody else in and terry you know passes at some point he's not a young man kim Mm -hmm. is clearly not going to be able to take over the team and then it turns into a situation with his kids like ralph's kids ralph's kids didn't want the bills so mary was kind of in that position of well nobody wants it so we're going to sell it right um and i definitely i don't think any of us want to be in that position we want the bills to be here when our grandkids are watching football right Mm -hmm. so uh let's take the last couple minutes of the show to talk about uh camp battles as it pertains to the rookies having just reported. Um, have you read any articles as far as just the rookies reporting? I know that Dalton Kincaid is supposedly shining um, and Torrance, excuse me, is also supposed to supposedly shining. I think that's to be expected, right? When the yeah. rookies report. So have you heard, have you read or heard anything else? No. I, and I'll be honest. I haven't looked. It's, it's been more like, I know that the rookies have reported and I know typically I'm, I'm plugged in, but with it being the rookies right now, like you said, it's a typical thing that your first and second rounder, uh is is showing out and everybody else looks you know they don't look as good uh i'm interested (laughs) to see when when everybody reports i want to see you know i i'm I'm ready now i like i'm I'm ready for everything let's let's get back into talking about football let's talk about some matchups let's talk about who's going to make the roster who's going to be a surprise cut because there's going to be some battles and when like the defensive line is the thing that I'm interested in the most i know tremaine's Mm -hmm. gone so we want to talk about that linebacker position Mm -hmm. but i'm telling you um we brought some guy. We brought in guys for the defensive line who are not getting cut. Puna Ford is not getting cut. Puna, Puna Ford is not getting cut. So do you want me to go through it? I've got the uh, the roster up in front of me. So left defensive tackle. Are you talking about all across or or the interior? Well, no, I'm just saying all across. But my point was that like Puna Ford's not and and Floyd's not. So look, you're gonna have somebody. Maybe Boogie Basham is is on the outside looking in. Maybe There's you got, a lot. You know, um, well, they just re-signed King Kingsley Jonathan too, right? So they just so there's there's an aspect that not that his contract is so big that he's uncuttable. Uh, right, so right. so who ESPN has slated right now? Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, Von Miller. When Von Miller's healthy, I'd say that pretty much sounds about right, right? Yep. Uh, second string AJ Epinesa, not so sure. Maybe, maybe not. You know, Jordan and, Phillips, and Tim Settle, Shaq Lawson, yes. I think yeah. the best thing I think the best thing that AJ Epinesa possibly has going for him is the fact that Von Miller's hurt. Yes, right because that so gives he, him that gives him some portion of the season. So he's going to have to work hard to battle former first round pick. Shaq was a first round pick, right? Shaq Lawson out of Clemson. 
Yep. Rex Ryan. Yep. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see that battle. And then third string, Boogie Basham, the kid that is one, a wonderfully nice young man. One, like such a super, super great dude. I've had many conversations with him. Um, big boy, big old kid. Um, when he came out of college, it was reported when he was drafted after Greg Rousseau, high motor guy, right? And I feel like we've seen some of that high motor stuff. I just, not, I'm not sure the technique is there. He seems to be more of a just go forward guy. And there was a little bit of wiggle to him this year working with Vaughn. Vaughn obviously is a, he wants to be a coach. He wants to be a GM. Like he wants to leave a legacy on the football field outside of just playing on the football field. And I think we saw some, some stuff from him, but to your point, Boogie, I love you, but I'm just not sure. And then Puna Ford, they've got Puna Ford as a third string defensive tackle. On to your point, wild. That's wild. I mean, but it's stacked. Ed no, Oliver, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, Puna Ford, Eli Anku, who played well. So, so that's what. So when you think about it, it's like, look, every name that you name right now, besides the couple new guys. We fell in love with as Bills fans. We That's love right. those guys on the roster. Right. Like in, in our minds, in a way, you really can't think about this team without them this season. But guess right. what? They signed guys that they're not cutting. That's exactly they, right. They brought guys in that they are not getting rid of. So that's that's telling you somebody has to go. Somebody got to go. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's, this, where, that's where I'm looking. That's, that's the battle. You got to think that up front, we're going to be pretty solid and you got to wonder is there opportunity here to potentially confuse the crap out of some people do you go greg russo jordan phillips or puna ford next to daquan jones and then you know somebody like ed oliver on the outside in 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 von miller spot because ed's got the shake the shimmy the speed and the power Mm -hmm. to rush from the outside it's 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 going to be interesting to see how this you know von miller is starting the season on the pup right physically and able to perform perform so he's not going to be on the roster for four weeks six weeks you know potentially i know he's saying he's gonna be ready for week one i doubt it right mm-hmm. expect week five week six week seven so it's going to give a spot to somebody to show something but i'm just not when i when i look are, are we delusional? Are, are, do we look at this roster and are we like, is this is this literally 2007 where we, we're like, we got all these great players. And meanwhile, fans of other teams are like, who in the hell is Tim Settle? It, well, I'll tell you what, if if fans of other teams are, are looking at this defensive line saying that, then they're they're not as knowledgeable. I just said Bill's Mafia is one of the most knowledgeable fan bases. Right. I, I don't mean that would fans. prove that. Yeah. No, I know. I'm saying other yeah. fan. If they said it, it, they would prove that point to be right because uh, Bill's Mafia. We we know all of these guys because these guys are good. Like right. There's a reason why, man. I'm telling you, this defensive line is not going to be for play. It's not going to. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was say throw up. If you want to throw up Chris Jenkins' comment, just that I think they keep nine defensive linemen: Oliver Jones, Rousseau, Floyd. Well, Floyd isn't a defensive lineman. Ford, he must mean, right? Yes, Ford. He means Puna Ford. AJ Boogie Shack Settle. Oh no, Puna. Uh, Floyd is a DN, isn't he? Or no, they signed him no, as Floyd, linebacker. A li- Leonard Floyd is a linebacker. Hmm. I don't know why I feel like they got him as a defensive end. Yeah, he's even slated as a linebacker, as a as a will linebacker. So, and, and that's the other thing too is what are the Bills going to do? Are they going to go to a nickel four two? Are they going to stay in that nickel four two? Not game plan for teams? Are they going to move more, be aggressive, try to take something away from teams? Right, try to beat them at their own game. 
Because to me, that's one of the biggest camp battles there is. The two biggest camp battles for me are linebacker, right? And probably wide receiver. Wide receiver two, specifically. Are they given this? I, I don't want to jump ahead and say, are they giving this to, to Davis? Let, let's hit the linebackers real quick because it's a sensitive issue for you. Um, I, I'm reading, I, they could have him as, as edge. If you want to look at the Buffalo Bills roster, I'm looking at ESPNs. They might have him as edge. Okay. So if you want to look, if you want to look real quick, I'm an ESPN isn't always completely accurate. Okay. But they've got a, AJ Klein in the middle of Matt Milano, which AJ Klein is a fun story. And you and I were doing this show long. We've been doing this show long enough to, to, to know the career arch arc, whatever of AJ Klein of which the bills went and got him right. Brought him in mm-hmm. and played him a, a handful of games. And the dude was lost in this defense. Do you remember that? And we were like, why is this guy on the football field? And then there was a point where it was like, it was almost like the Bills figured out how to use him. Oh, this is what he's good at. And then AJ right. Klein kind of became a thing. It was like, oh, this is player of the week. <laughs> like, let this kid play. Like, let's see more Man, of AJ Klein. The, real quick on the Bills website, he's listed as a defensive end. He is. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's so a little bit of a difference there. So that, that cloudies or muddies it up even more. If that's the case, right? Mm-hmm. So, so he must be from a three-four defense, similar to Vaughn, right? Yeah, right. So, yeah. So he's an outside linebacker in a three-four, and an edge rusher in a four-three. This is crazy. Um, yeah. Um, so, so, th- but so as much as that muddies up the waters as it pertains to the defensive line, now you've got another body in there. You're taking a body out of the middle line or the linebacker spots. So now you're with AJ Klein, Matt Milano. Matt Milano's playing football. Terrell Bernard, Tyrell Dotson, Tyler Medikevich, who I know he's a special teamer, but Tyler Medikevich can play football in a nickel four two. He's proved it. Um, not not on an every down basis. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that Tyler's the guy and he needs to be the starter. Um, and then Dorian Williams, obviously, and Balen Specter. Balen Specter is last on this list. Where's he on the Bills depth chart? Let's see. I like Balen Specter. I do too. Um, you know what? They actually on the website it says that it will be announced at a later date, so they don't even have like the the basic one that they throw up yet. Oh, really? Yeah. But when you look at just what's going on at linebacker for the Buffalo Bills, I mean, is the starting are the starting linebackers AJ Klein and Matt Milano? If we go with the nickel four two. <sighs> <laughs> Oh, I love the transparency in your size. <laughs> I just, it just, it, it really, it really hurts to see the linebacker room. Um, and I mean this with all respect, because I, I just said, I like everybody we have on the roster, but just because I like them, it doesn't mean that we have starting caliber. Like, you know, we're in a division right now. So say, say Brees Hall comes back and he's actually healthy, you know, or say they decide, well, you know what? He's not healthy, so we're going to sign Dalvin Cook. Do you remember what Dalvin Cook did to us when Tremaine went out after the first half against the oh, yeah. the, the Vikings oh, last yeah. year? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, was, I, don't I, was, at that, I was at that game. I was at that game. I don't, I don't want to see him twice on a team like the Jets who had a defense that did bother the Buffalo Bills offense, and now they do have a huge upgrade at the quarterback position. Like, not to the point where I'm scared of Aaron Rodgers, but what they had last year, they beat us a game with, and he was horrible. It's interesting to see. So, Chris Jenke says, you know, Spectre's probably going to make the roster over Klein. John Roberts says, where's Terrell Bernard? That's a great question. 
Matt Byam says, no way Klein can uh, can call the defense. He's too valuable in that regard until they see more from the youth. So he's saying, so Matt's saying Klein's calling this defense. Jakey's saying Klein is gone. <laughs> Richard Rushes, Dotson, and Matt Milano. Uh, Jakey back in saying Milano and Bernard Dotson, Dorian Williams will be the two linebackers. Uh, I love this. AK Cash, like a Jenny Light, AJ Klein will get it done. Uh, Jerry Strosky loves our rookie linebacker. I'll trust him. Jerry, Jerry loves our rookie linebacker, but Jerry also loves guys from the Midwest. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that I'm thinking that we're gonna see something different. Like, I think we're gonna probably gonna get like some Saran Neal in that. He played a little bit of linebacker in college. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we're gonna see a little bit of him. Um, I think they're gonna try to figure it out the same way they try to figure out the safety position last year when Micah went out. I think they're gonna try to figure out. So we're gonna see a lot of different things. But I wouldn't be shocked if Saran Neal ended up being the guy that got most of those snaps next to so, Metalano. Oh, I can't even believe I'm saying that. You hear Ter- the disappointment in my voice saying it? Terrell Bernard is 6'1", 224. Saran Neal is 6 feet, 206. What is Taron Johnson? Uh, Taron Johnson. I agree with Chris Yankee here as well while you're looking at that. Taron Johnson is 5'11", 192. He's a little bit smaller. Yeah, but, Chris said we can see some three safety sets mixing in uh, Taylor Rapp. Taylor Rapp I, I believe yeah. we see that as well. So I, th- I think we see a, a com- just like a, a smorgasbord of different things there, but I definitely don't be surprised if, if Saran Neal gets tossed into the mix. It'll be interesting for sure. Now let's talk about wide receiver numero dos, which has been talked about a lot. So yeah. this isn't like, this is some hot topic and we're like coming in hot with something that nobody's ever talked about before. Is Gabe Davis just the guy? Because we're still talking about cut down day, right? There's still gonna be roster cuts. So the Bills yeah. might just just might hang on until a dude comes out or a guy that's serviceable at linebacker. They might also do the same thing at wide receiver. But that wide receiver is getting is is pretty full, that wide receiver room. And then a guy like Denzel Mims is either cut or reportedly getting cut by the Jets, right? Yeah. I would like to kick the tires on them. Bruce texted me. Bruce and I text as soon as the dudes dropped. And he's like, no, absolutely not. Don't think about it. And, um, you know, his his thing is, when when have you seen a guy um, get cut and really go to another team and show that they are the guy that they were drafted to be? Like, how West often Wal- does it happen? Guy, guy he said, he said, I was say Wes Welker, he, he wasn't drafted to be anything. <laughs> right. And, and then he mentioned Zay, Zone, Zay Jones would probably be the best example of it because mm-hmm. now that he's down and it took him two teams. Three teams. You know. Well, two teams from the team he was drafted from, but so yeah, yeah, three teams. Right. So it took him three teams, and now he's he's a, a decent wide receiver. But so when he, when you look at it from that perspective, it's like yeah. But then I look at it like look at the quarterback they had, man. Like they he wasn't. I don't know. Like I feel like he some talent could be unlocked if if he played with a, a pretty good quarterback. So I don't know. Well, the quarterback is always going to make a guy better. And, you know, there's yeah. nobody, there's nobody, you don't need to look any further than Aaron Rodgers. The amount of tight ends that, that Aaron Rodgers made superstars that went to other teams and vanished, let alone mm-hmm. wide receivers. Um, Randall Cobb included. I mean, Randall Cobb was never anything after he left Aaron Rodgers. And now obviously he's been reunited to me. The Denzel Mims cut screams. Aaron's got his guys and Denzel Mims isn't one of them. Yep. Right. But to your point, 
what does Denzel Mims look like if he's got a good quarterback? Now, what we're not privy to is how does he study? How does he practice? Does he have a grasp of the offense? Can he can he work? This might be Aaron Rodgers as well. Can he work in an offense where it's literally dealer's choice? You're out there on the line and you're looking at the defender and you're looking at you know where the linebackers are playing, and I get to pick my own route. And when I pick my route, I know that Aaron Rodgers is thinking the same thing. And maybe Denzel Mims doesn't have that capacity. So I don't know, but you gotta you gotta think that you gotta think that somebody else is gonna come up. So getting back to the question that I'm posing to you. Are you just giving the number two role to Gabe Davis after last year? 52% catch rate. Drops in key key moments. Big catches dropped. Yeah, I mean, for this season, obviously, if they wanted to match or, or do what the Titans did uh, for what they got DeAndre Hopkins for, I think the Buffalo Bills could have figured something out if they wanted uh, to. So, you know. The Buffalo Bills so I, are a Super Bowl champion if they get DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, like I'm already booking hotel, like yes. you know, like I'm like I, I'm already there because I just know how that's gonna go out or how it's gonna turn out. But but the way it is now, it's like they they didn't make that move, and it's a contract year for Gabe. You know, th- this is the year that it decides. Okay, are you the Gabe from the playoff game against the the Kansas City Chiefs where you caught and broke or tied the record, or are you it's one game? It's one it, game. Well, two, if you look at the Steelers game, technically, um, I would include that as like a it was two passes. And what uh, again? So I'm saying, you know, you know how my take is on him. But at I the know, same time, I, I think that he can be. I think that he can be. I think that he's going to take a step forward this year. That's so what I'm we, hoping. We would we would both sit here and say right now and 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 viewers, listeners, commenters. So whether you're commenting live right now with us, whether you're listening live right now with us on one of the platforms, you're listening to this in podcast form. People on here would be like, you guys are crazy. There's some people that are just like, you're crazy thinking if D-Hop comes to this team, they're a Super Bowl champion. But you and I both feel that way. So I'm going to post it in the opposite direction. Is this a Super Bowl winning team with Gabe Davis as a number two wide receiver in your mind? No. No, that's the answer. No. You know what? Let me say no, but the unknown is – did the bills draft so you know how and now i'm not putting them on this level yet obviously i'm hoping but you know how justin jefferson came into the league and he was just he was that guy is dalton kincaid that good is he that good of a receiver um can he help the offense if if so yes if not no i you know based off of what we saw last year and not really changing much much on offense no why so Matt asks the question, why not? Because your number two wide receiver can't drop 48% of his passes on a hundred mm-hmm. plus targets. And you can't win a Super Bowl that way. You can't. He said Chiefs w- did it without Hill, but but it's a different scenario and without Hill. Opinion. But but the Chiefs didn't have a guy dropping 48% of his passes on a hundred plus targets. It just didn't happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um I think you know, when you look at the situation. Coming in as him. You know, it's funny because I got I, I went to the, the Buffalo Go golf tournament this week and Stevie was there. And I remember like it was yesterday, the Bills drafted Stevie Johnson, seventh round out of Kentucky. And back in those days, I used to watch all the highlight films of all the guys the Bills drafted. And I remember watching the highlight films of Stevie out of Kentucky being like, Why did this guy go in the seventh mm-hmm. round? Like, what? Like, this kid is good. And I remember being on the Stevie wagon when he was like his rookie season. And then obviously he got connected fits. And then it was like, oh, Stevie Johnson is him. Like everybody was like, this kid can play football. And now Stevie Johnson 
didn't have the most fulfilling career for, in the NFL, but had a, he's a legend in Buffalo. First wide receiver in Bill's history to go for a thousand yards three seasons in a row. And he's probably the only wide receiver in the NFL ever to make Darrell Revis look silly every time he played him, right? Darrell Revis was, Stevie was a nightmare, was a headache, was a problem for Darrell Revis because Stevie was not structured. He didn't play inside the rules of what a receiver is supposed to play inside of. And Darrell Revis can shut down rule book following wide receivers. I'm just not sure that a guy like Shorter is that guy. I'm not sure that Sherfield is that guy. I'm not sure that Hardy is that guy. So I don't, is there a number two on this wide receiver to take that spot? I guess is the question. Are we going to get surprised? If we're going to get surprised, who is it? They're not putting Kincaid out there for 100 targets on the outside. Mm -hmm. I don't think somebody in the comments said if he doesn't get 80, they'll be upset. I don't think he gets 80 targets. Um, I just um, I agree with somebody else who said that McDermott just doesn't use his rookies that way. And I, that's just how I, you know, that's unfortunately, true. I agree with that. You know, I've complained about it last year. Why did we not see Khalil Shakir in more situations? We've seen him in big moments. He made big plays for us. Why did we not trust him more? Why did we keep Isaiah McKenzie? I'm not going to do it today, but why did we keep Isaiah McKenzie in instead of giving Khalil Shakir that opportunity? Or uh, why did we bring Cole Beasley back off the couch? It, and, no, no, and John Brown. And John Brown. And John off the couch. I love you. Know, and obviously, I celebrated when we signed Smoke, but let's be real. Like, why, why did we go and bring those guys back off the couch if we, if we had the offense? And, you know, we got these rookies that they told us, oh, we drafted this kid in the fifth round, but he was clearly supposed to be drafted like the third or second round. He can, right? Like they they always, and I've been going off because it's like, look, stop bargain shopping in the draft. When you're talking about the, we've missed. We've missed with high picks. We sent a second round draft pick. Cody Ford is no longer playing for the Buffalo Bills. That same draft, it could have been DK Metcalf. Granted, we might not have had, Right. We might not have had digs, whatever. Right. I'm I'm just throwing it out there, but you get my point. Like, yep. we yep. gotta we gotta do better, man. We gotta stop bargain shopping. Jen Roberts says that uh, Shakir can play outside. The Bills don't think so. Can he? I haven't seen it. Not right. in Buffalo. He he can't block. I can tell you that. The dude cannot block. You've watched all of the Bills games from last season multiple times. The dude can't block. Cash, my man, AK Cash says uh, John Brown can still play. I'm sorry, no one, no one is no, saying that he can't. can't. That, that 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 wasn't my point. My, I love John Brown. Like when when it, we signed John Brown, I, I celebrated. But at the same time, um, the season prior, John Brown tried out for a couple teams after he was cut by the Raiders. He he wasn't able to stick on any roster. Uh, there's a reason why he wasn't in the league. Same thing with Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley tried out last week for a team and he didn't get signed. You know what I mean? So, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we're saying yet, yeah, but, but last but, season but, he wasn't signed until the Bills picked him up. But some of this is, and, and so now I'm going to play devil's advocate. Some of this is football politics, right? So, John Brown can play football better than Khalil Shakir as a rookie. Cole Beasley's going to play the slot better than Khalil Shakir and Isaiah McKenzie, regardless, any day of the week. Khalil's a rookie. I'm not saying Khalil five years from now when he's matured and who knows what he's going to become. I don't have a crystal ball. I can't see. He could become the greatest slot receiver ever. I don't know. But as a rookie, Cole's going to play. The Bills sign him. And you and I talked a lot about the fact that what this offense was missing last year was Cole Beasley, or at least Mm -hmm. the Cole Beasley role. The Bills sign him and put him on the bench for five games and then activate him in the playoffs and didn't throw him the football. 
So again, so my comments then about Cole, my comments then about John, neither of us are saying anything bad about either. No. We love those guys. The point that I'm making is why did they have to go and sign those guys week 16, week fe- right. 15? Why did they have to go and get those guys off the couch if if we went into the season with the offense? We were pretty much rolling back with the same offense. If if those of you – and it's it's – I don't like to sound like a hater, but it's this is going to make me sound like a hater. And maybe I'm not a denier. I'm not a hater. I'm a doubter. Doubter is probably the best word. There's so many people that have been and still are on the Khalil Shakir bandwagon. Like, he had 10 catches last year. Couldn't block to save his life. 10 catches, couldn't block. Well, he didn't get, tar- he didn't, didn't, didn't get targeted. Okay. But he had 10 catches and couldn't block to save his life. And the Bills still went and got John Brown and Cole Beasley with him on the roster. Mm-hmm. If that's not concerned, that doesn't scream. Khalil Shakir can play the outside too. <laughs> like that screams Houston. We have a problem. <laughs> we got to go get somebody that can catch the damn football <laughs> and play in this offense. Now it's another year. So he's matured, right? So he's got a, a year under his belt. He's coming into a new season, new training camp and all that good stuff. I just got to wonder who is the number two wide receiver on this football team. Is it Dalton Kincaid from the middle slot standing up? I think it's your Gabe. point. I think it's you Gabe though. You think it's I, Gabe? I think, I think he's in the contract I think number, number two in, number two in volume. Who's the number two wide receiver in volume? Is it Kincaid? Gabe? I think, no, I think it's Gabe. I think it's a rook. It's a contract year. He He's going to have to earn He's going to earn a contract somewhere. If it's with Buffalo or not, he's going to earn his contract. He's going to play big. I, I, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna go and see what the over under on his, what the bet is on how much he's going to supposed to get receiving yards. I'm gonna bet the over on it. I think he's gonna have a career year. I do. Chris Yankee and a bunch of people are making excuses for Cleo Shakir. There's a lot of fifth round rookies that came in and played pretty well. Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs. <laughs> Like those guys that came in out of the fifth round that played pretty well, especially when the amount of Bills fans are on his jock about how great he is and how much they want to see him get thrown the ball so much more and get so much more volume. I mean, the the dude is not big. He's a small dude. To expect him to 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 block the way that Gabe blocks, Gabe is a big boy, six foot two, six foot one. He's a big kid. He can block. Khalil Shakir is not. I've stood next to him. Not a big guy. Anyway, go ahead. How do you feel about this? Uh, uh, Buffalo, Buffalo Freddy Freddy. says if yeah he says if Dawson doesn't have a big season bye uh if Dawson does not have a big season and Dalton Kincaid does it's not outside the realm of possibility the question is how do you feel about it I feel like he didn't quite deserve the contract that he got so um you know, I, he he wouldn't have gotten a second contract, but I don't know how you get rid of him right now with that contract. I don't know how you get rid of him with that contract either. The question is, is how do I want to pose it? What were the Bills thinking when they gave him that contract and then to turn around and draft Dalton and Katie a year later? <sighs> I, you know, for all the credit that we give the front office, with these contracts and stuff and how they cleaned up our cap situation when they first got here and they fixed it. It's like some of these I look at and it's like, why do we, why do we give this to Dawson? Now Dawson has some big plays in the playoffs and, and late in the, in the season, some really nice, some really nice grabs, but 
was it was it enough? I don't know who it was. Somebody in the comments said that uh, Khalil Shakir, you know, had Eric Molds helping him with his game. Um, that's like you having LeBron help you with your basketball game. I mean, Eric Molds was six foot one, 220 pounds. Like he was a monster. He was really fast. He could block. He could catch one handed. Like you put up that highlight reel of Eric Molds. Khalil Shakir is not Eric Molds. <laughs> It ain't gonna help. Brian can train me and throw me in the NBA, and I promise I still probably won't get two. Bo- I won't get two points unless I get fouled. If I go to the free throw line, I got you two points. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's like Brett Favre teaching or giving uh, Chad Pennington arm strength lessons. You know what I mean? Like we're gonna Crazy. make your we're gonna make your arm stronger. Just do this. Uh, just, I did that, bro. Do this. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> this has been a fun conversation, and we can go. This, you and I get into this, and we can go all night. Like, um, But, yeah, super, super fun conversation. Love the engagement from the commenters. And even if we disagree, we all love each other, and it's exciting that football is just around the corner. Um, go ahead. No, we don't have to talk. I was just throwing up comments here at the end. Uh, but but Beth asked, what's the word on uh, free running, the free agent running backs, Cook, Elliott, Eckler? Well, Eckler is still with um, – he's still with the Chargers. He's not a free agent, and he's not going to be traded. But as far as Cook and Elliott, I think it's crazy that that those guys aren't on teams yet. For Cook, I think it's more of – I don't think he wants to be on a team right now. You know, it's like – it's camp, yep. probably closer yep. towards the end of camp. Yep, 100%. And it's a running back position. I mean, we saw guys get signed in the NFL or get traded – Christian McCaffrey and play the next week, right? Or play that week. So, uh, hey, go through that hole. Go through that gap over there. Like, literally, you, you call the play and then the quarterback goes, yeah, it's a draw. You know what I mean? Or and you're going through the A gap. <laughs> like, there's really not much to it. So, uh, Mr. Go All Night, that's funny. Uh, so, do you want me to get us out of here? Ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Uh, I am your co-host, Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Love to interact, love to converse. Um, I will be going to camp this year. Um, Hopefully I'll be getting to go to the red versus blue game. I've got tickets. There's a chance I might not get to go. And uh, sitting alongside my partner in crime, as always, Mr. Jay Spence, the King. Go ahead, Jay Spence. Hey, well, y'all know how to do it over here. Find me on Twitter at Jay Spence the King. And hey, it's Buffalo Rumblings. Y'all love each other, take care of each other, and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative. Go Bills. Go Bills. Mm-hmm.